Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Shut the fuck up. We are not done talking yet. I'm Sharla. And I'm Danielle. Together, we will be discussing current events, pop culture, writing, books, movies, and women's lives. We are smart, funny, and occasionally profane. Thanks for listening. See you on the other side. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the episode, Talking Tattoos with Randy Miller, Part 2. Last week, we started a conversation with Randy about tattoos. We're going to continue that conversation today. Stay tuned. We'll be resuming shortly. And resuming, we're back on. Back and, oh, you know what? I was going to tell you guys a funny tattoo story. I had this idea that a really good job interview question would always be, if you were going to get a tattoo, what would it be and where would you put it, right? So I told this to my husband. I said, if you had a tattoo, what would it be and where? He hesitated not one second. He said, I would get a ruler tattooed on my inner arm so I would always be able to measure things. Now, my husband is a woodworker and a builder. (laughs) I mean, he thought of it in the most practical sense that his arm could become a ruler (laughs) 24-7. So sadly, I thought that it was a sick thing because he was putting the ruler there from where the nun slapped his hand. Oh. So that's where I went. Yikes. Yeah. Well... He did have nuns, and they did slap him with a ruler. So that might have been some kind of unconscious sense of trying to master what he had suffered from in the past. Maybe mm-hmm. it was unconscious. Absolutely. Okay, so when I when I do my um, endless searches of bee stuff on Instagram, I found a beautiful bee tattoo, and I would put it in my the inside of my forearm. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. my plan. That but I'm. I'm terrified of pain. Like I can't even deal with the bee sting. It hurts so much. So I'm not sure if I can do it. Well, I noticed that I noticed right now that you've got some temporary tattoos. Oh, that is so true, Randy. I put on the oh. little shiny ones, which we um we always bought at, at Burning Man before we got to Burning Man and put all that stuff on. So I really enjoy that. And then in about two weeks, it showers off. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people who who don't want something that's permanent, but they'll do that, or they'll have the semi-permanent tattoos put on them, or the henna. Oh yes, the henna mm-hmm. tattooing, which is so elaborate and so beautiful that you know sometimes I see those on on people, and it's like, man, I'd love to have that tattooed permanently on me. But then again, it's something that can be enjoyed at the time, and then will wear off or come off in a couple of weeks. And, then go back and have something else done. So you the can always, tattoos, always changing your, always changing the look. Yeah, the temporary tattoos kind of function like jewelry. You know, they're um, the shapes, the designs, and you kind of put them around your wrist or on your neck, like a piece of jewelry. And they're gold and silver, and you know, 
they they work like jewelry and then eventually they fade away yes and uh when you were mentioning your husband uh and branding or not well not branding but um adorning that's exactly what i've done with some of my with my modalities that i teach uh uh this one here in particular here is the uh soul motion logo because oh, uh, mm -hmm. i love the, to dance in the movement and so uh this was created by someone in, uh, in the soul motion community and ben marty so and i asked him to get asked permission if i could get it tattooed so i have it on my on my arm and then uh let's see i don't know if i can get this one here to maybe if i stand and showed it this way this one actually here in Sanskrit means Ooh. soul in motion. Cool. So it's something that is a visual for me to too is, is something that I teach, but also it's, it's with me. Uh, it's something that I, I uh, truly believe in and keeping my soul in motion. And then this one here, of course, is uh, Danielle will know, know this one. And it's the, uh, the Oh, it's it the knee yes, is simple, and I've had it, and I've had it done, so it comes all the way down the arm, which has been a lifelong practice, and that I I uh, also teach and and committed to because I love the philosophy behind the uh, knee technique, and so I have it, it adorned on my body as well. So when people see it, they ask about it, and I can also say, it, and then I can share what 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 I what I do, mm -hmm. and so it's knee symbol. That stands for well for me it always stands for the uh, body mind and spirit. Mm -hmm. To me, the Nia symbol it reminds me of two people, two feet, and so the way it is on your arm, there's about twelve of them, and it really looks like somebody dancing down your someone danced down your arm and left all these little feet marks behind, which is really appropriate for Nia. Yes. But it's interesting because you are the way those um, those tattoos work. It is kind of the older version of people having tattoos related to their line of work, mm -hmm. like sailors having anchors or you know that kind of thing. Randy, do you have mostly um, a solid color or do you have a, um, I mean, sort of, sorry, the black or the, the navy blue, or do you also have bright colors? Um, most of mine are, are done in black. And then as my skin grows back over the tattoo, it, it looks blue. And it's because of the pigment of my skin. So, and I've always uh, admired the people who had really white skin because those colors really pop. And the colors on me get really muted as my skin grows back over the the ink, mm -hmm. and it just changes it just changes the hue. So, uh, so that's my mainly that's why mine are all dark, and I, I like the dark on the, yeah. on my skin. Yeah, they're really beautiful. Thank you, Randy. Um, so, in addition to your tattoos, you also have body piercings, and can you tell us a little bit about those? Uh, sure. Uh, the facial piercings are more for adornment. It's something that people can see uh, immediately, you know, as they, they approach me. And a lot of those came from also uh, from the indigenous, you know, uh, cultures, um, 
like the Aborigines and uh, Australia, where I, again, as a child, seeing pictures of the, in their adornments with the, the grasses in their, in their piercings in their nose, their septum piercings, and in Africa, the bone, and the way the men and the women both adorned themselves in, in, the, in, the, in the way they, they used uh, metals and stuff to, to engage and stretch their earlobes and their lips and their necks. And I've, I was just always intrigued by that. And so um, I think the first piercing, my first piercing I ever got, I was 16. Uh, and it was my earlobe back in the day. Um, that was like in the 70s. And uh, I, I remember always being jealous of my sisters because my mother pierced their ears when, like, in the I'm probably the late '60s, and I wanted my done. And the, the the joke now is, my mom said, my mom said at the time, she says, "Yeah, I'll pierce your ear for you, but I'll make the hole so damn big you're gonna regret it. You know, it'll just." I'm just gonna, I'll use the biggest needle that I can, I can. So now I go home and when I'm with my mom, I go, look, mom, I can put a pencil through my ear, you know, cause it, cause she said she would do a pencil because she would make the hole so big. But I wanted my ear pierced so bad back then. Cause I'm, and I felt jealous because I couldn't get it done and my sisters got theirs done. So my sister did it when I was at the age of 16 with a needle, ice cube, I don't, you yep. know, kind of deaden it. Um, I remember uh, she got the, the the needle in the first couple of layers of skin, but she wasn't strong enough to push it all the way through. And I remember her just pushing and pushing and pushing. And her the hardest we had to. My other sister had to come in, and they both had to get behind it to push it to pop it through to the backside. And I remember putting in one of those. I don't know if you, you guys remember those uh, those earrings back in the day where they looked like a hook, and then they they. They hooked on the back. They were looked like they looked like a little fishing hook. Yes. Yeah. It was one of those kinds of uh, earrings that they put in, and uh, I remember. And I had, my hair was long enough that I could hide it from my mom while it while it did the healing process. That, that's when it started. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, we were together, Danielle, when I got my nose done, and we were in India. So I wanted to get it done the old fashioned, not the old fashioned way, but well, to me, it was kind of an ancient way because the women in, in India had their ear, their nose pierced, you know, eons before we did in the States. And so I wanted to get it done the traditional way and in India. And they brought the kerosene and they dipped it. I thought, well, where's the gloves? Where's the needle? And it was like, nope, they don't do it that way there. And we shared that experience together. Do you remember <laughs> They just punch the thing through your nose with their thumb. Just as hard as they can, they just stick it on there. And I chose this little one with a diamond and it was too big. I thought, oh, that's, that's going to be fine. And I, it was hard for me to sleep on that side of my face. And when I got home, I decided to switch it out for a little ring like you have now, Randy. And mm -hmm. when I took it out, and put, sorry, the little, yeah, the post with the diamond and put the silver thing in, it became so infected immediately that I couldn't even touch my nose. It was, I was like, forget that. And I just took it out, I said, give up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, some of us, because the same thing happened to Sydney, she kept wanting to pierce her nose 
and over and over it got infected. Then she tried the other side, got infected. Like some people just can't. I don't understand why. Maybe she had an allergy to the metal. Could be. It could have been because uh, some people are sensitive to the different metals that are being used. So that's why in the in the piercing community, they use the surgical stainless steel because most people, because it's a pure metal and uh, mm -hmm. it's the kind of metal that they use for hip replacements and knee replacements and the body doesn't seem to reject it. But the other metals have nickel and uh, other kind of impure properties that in people's you know, systems are different that it can become infected pretty easily. Right. And I don't know if you remember this, Randy, you were visiting me once and Lila really wanted a, a navel piercing. So you did it for her. And, you know, and she got some ice, she got a needle, he's just doing the whole thing just like your sister did. And Lila was happy with it, right? The thing, her skin pushed it out. Yes. So then she's like, that's it. So she goes to another, you know, piercing uh, studio. It pushed that one out too. So she never tried again. Yes. We just are, we are good at it. Yeah, our bodies are so amazing because I've, I've had my, I've had my nipples pierced three times. It pushed it out? Yeah, my body has, has uh, over time, it's just moved the metal out. It's like, this is a foreign object. It's not supposed mm -hmm. to be here. And it just, it, was, it, didn't get, it wasn't infected or anything. It just pushed it out slowly over the years. And so I've had mine done three times. And finally, I'm like, okay, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to get my ears pierced. <clears throat> okay, so this was the early 70s. <clears throat> Pardon me. And my mother wouldn't let me. So as soon as I got to college, a friend of mine and I went and got our ears pierced together. And I mean, it was so exciting. And I remember a friend of ours, a male friend, he was horrified. He said, that is so barbaric. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Yeah, but we, were, we felt very rebellious. We were 18 years old and we got our ears pierced without our mother's permission. My mother took me to the gift shop that did piercings when I was seven. So I had my ears pierced at age seven. And the other kids were amazed and astounded. Their mothers were horrified. They're like, oh my God, those freaks, the Warmans, let the little girls get their ears pierced. And then, you know, the other girls, they couldn't get their ears pierced till they were 13 or 14. Interesting. Interesting culture. Because um, uh, it's interesting because the, the what is it? I, I've, heard, I've heard the phrase, especially when I grew up in the, I grew up in the Midwest, so grew up in Wichita, Kansas, and it was it's majority of Caucasians. And my sisters got their ears pierced when they were probably, you know, preteen. And and it and it didn't and it and it was okay because of our culture because of being uh, Hispanic in Latin so it was okay to have them but the Caucasian community when the girls wanted to get their ear pierced after they saw my sisters it was like oh no you don't want to be you'll be labeled one of those wild you know mm -hmm. it gives the wrong impression that you're 
you're sinful or you're asking for it or you're wanting attention for, from the opposite, you know, sex and all this. Mm-hmm. But it was okay for my sisters to get theirs done because they were Mexicans. Uh-huh. It's, it's, I look back now, I'm just thinking about that now, thinking, how screwed up are we? Yeah. <laughs> getting, getting a piercing is not a religion. Getting getting tattoos is not a religion. It is really, really odd, isn't it? They all need to go to Burning Man right this minute and wear a tattoo all I sorry, wear a tutu all week. God, get a life. There you go. Gosh. No, it's true. It was kind of a naughty thing to do, right? Getting your ears pierced. It was very daring and naughty. But yeah, because I remember like you, you know, you would see little Latina girls who are like age four. And they would have their ears pierced, and they just looked adorable. Mm-hmm. But it was okay for them. It's interesting. I yeah. know. Everything, no, but there's, there's not, not all, not necessarily all Caucasians, but just so many parts of our society have just these, these, ter- these crazy ideas. You know, like, you know, short skirt means you're a prostitute. I mean, right. it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, but you know what I'm saying? So we, and there's certain judgments. And when my kids were teens, I used to freak out. I'm like, no, you can't wear really short skirts. You can wear a skirt, you can't wear it all the way up to your goddamn butt cheek. Because <laughs> there's like creepy people out there. So I would stop them. But it wasn't, I don't think it was like uptightness itself as in more like you're young. Yes, you were being protective. Yes. Yes. I, I, th- I think that'd be more yeah. of a kind of situation. Because there are people yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah, because there's horrible people out there. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's a little bit like marijuana. You know, marijuana for a long time was like only lowlifes did it. Then in the 60s and 70s, it became a little more countercultural. It's totally mainstream. Lawyers get high, you know. It's just so totally normal now. But it used to be something really, really bad. Mm-hmm. It had a bad reputation. Yeah, definitely. So things get normalized after a while. I think, you know, going back to that question of like, if you were interviewing for a job and would you be turned down because of your tattoos? I kind of feel like now it's so common for people maybe in their twenties and thirties that employers, they just have to go along with it. They, I mean, they couldn't possibly turn down people because of their tattoos because it's, it's too common now. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that statement. Um, and really, it's not about the tattoo. It's you know the bottom line is still we're looking at the, you know hopefully at the individual and what they what their gifts are and what they bring to the world. And it's not about the adornment and how they look, you know. It shouldn't be. I'm just saying there are probably some really uptight, uh, sorry, uptight places to work that would still think that way. I hope I'm wrong. I, I, do you know what I'm saying? Again, again, it, it, it depends on where you're at. Because um, I've, I've been, I don't want to say warned, I've just been um, reminded, especially after moving from California to Florida, 
with it being a red state mm -hmm. and that not everybody here is, is as adorned as I am. And, and even moving back and moving back or moving here to Florida and being in this part, there's parks, there, there's like little sub areas like uh, Lake Worth, Florida. It's really, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a grounded artsy flair of people. It's, um, it's, Oh, I don't want to say it's more of a it's like a subculture where there's a lot there's a large gay community. People mm -hmm. are really artsy and um, very into being themselves. And then, and then when I start coming up towards uh, West Palm Beach and this more affluential, you know, mm -hmm. area where it's the Ritz Carlton and you start seeing more and more people of the snowbirds coming in from the north who are that have money. Mm -hmm. that there is there is a total shift in in energy uh a little bit more of an uptightness mm -hmm. of um not wanting to stand out mm -hmm. kind of, they're kind of a simulating and they all look alike i could yeah. say you know, in in the way they dress and the way they hold themselves and 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 in, in what you drive and what you don't drive and right and I see that, I see that here. It's more prevalent than it is in LA for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of coming back to the Midwest, really. Well, you know, we were just in St. Louis and Missouri in September, that's where I'm from. And it's a lot less common to see young people with tattoos really now that i think about it it's very, it's almost rare unlike here mm -hmm. even where i live in walnut creek california which is east of san francisco i would say most 20 somethings 30 somethings that i run into almost all of them have some kind of tattoo mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's a lot more people of that age group moving in here so they're like it's really funny. They'll be rolling down the street with a baby, you know, carriage, but they're fully tattooed. The moms, and yeah. they're just showing the whole thing off, right? There's. I mean, I think that's another thing. We live somewhere where there's good enough weather that you can actually show off your arms and your body. You can bare your skin. I mean, if you lived in Boston, it wouldn't really be worth it to have much in the way of tattoos. Because most of the time you can't really take your clothes off and show much of your skin. That's true. And I and I just realized something. I just thought of something. Since I've been here and been staying where I am staying, when I go to the beach, I'll see a few people with tattoos, but no one is as tattooed as, as much as I am. There, I don't see mm -hmm. a lot of the full body tattoos here. And and it's just maybe this particular area. Mm-hmm. That um which is kind of interesting. Well, I think the full body tattoos they really go with who you are and what you do. You know, you're a dancer, a movement person. It seems very integrated with the rest of your personality and your job. 
it just, you know, I think the tattoos work beautifully with what you do and who you are. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just gonna say something. Randy, if yeah. you were a doctor or, or a nurse and you worked in a hospital, would you just wear like a short sleeve thing or would you feel like some necessity to cover up? I'm just, just because uh, Charlotte said it was, it went, it goes along with your work and your image. Right. Um, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cover it up. They may, now the establishment may ask me to, and then that's, that's the question with, well, is this, is this place right for me or not? Right. Then you wouldn't want to work there. Right. Yeah. Then, then the, the the question is is for me is whether do I fit or not fit. Yeah. Yeah. I worked. I, I wouldn't compromise. I wouldn't compromise my look and who I am today to fit somebody else's needs or what they think that they need to sh shield them shield their establishment from someone like me. Then right. That's the place I would need to be. It's like. Yeah, I'd move on. Right. It's almost like it would be almost like racism, like evaluating someone's their appearance means that they can't do X job. I mean, golly, it's really loaded, isn't it? It is very loaded. Yes. And luckily, I was in I was in, I was working in a, in a field, even though I was working in the medical field, I was also working for the establishment for the government at the VA. Mm -hmm. where that community all my patients had tattoos uh, so mm -hmm. I was kind of like I kind of fit in maybe that was one of the reasons being a civilian and working in the establishment at a VA where the, where those guys kind of accepted me into their uh, world without being a veteran myself or yeah. in the forces themselves but I was marked and you know, I don't know, maybe that was part one of the reasons I, that I was welcomed into that world. Mm-hmm. Well, I was, I was that's a really good point. Yeah, so it's, that's really interesting. Yeah. That and, that Wichita, and that was in Wichita, Kansas. So I think if you, like at the YMCA, when they said, oh, you have piercings and um, tattoos, that you could do a civil suit on them. You could you could flap and you could say you can't not hire me based on my adornment, right? You could, I probably could have at the time if I had the energy to to do that. But you know, by but you know, again, I'm in a place where it's like, well, if I'm I'm like what we were just talking about. Well, this is not a right fit for me. Then you know, right? I'm going to move on. I, right. I don't, I don't right. I was right. I'm not saying that you actually would, but I'm just saying this no. is probably <laughs> happening places. It, yeah, it probably is happening in places because it is discriminatory. I would, yeah, it, you're right. It's discriminatory. Thank you for finding that word. Oh, well, this might be the next um, the next civil rights issue. You know, tattooism. Yeah, it could be. I mean, right, a tattooism, or or you want to hire a certain person to work for you, but they're bald. So you don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you can't, you like, this is not happening anymore. It's 19, sorry, no, it's not. 2019. <laughs> I'm just gonna make up some here. Hey, it's no, it's 2019. We just cannot oh, no. do this stuff anymore. I know. We can't, we can't, we can't. You can't, 
say I'm going to hire a man instead of a woman unless it's something like um, an esthetician because I do not want a man esthetician ripping hair out of my body. So I guess like that's one thing, right? Well, I think I think generationally that you know it's come to a point where you can't do that any longer. I mean, and and in my generation, I'm you know if I was into the 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 whole work place kind of stuff i well look at me i would be the one that would be hiring kids to come in to take over for me because i'm in that age group now i mean mm -hmm. i'm 62 now now somebody if i look like i did well let's say somebody i want how do i want to phrase this if i was going in for a job interview looking like this but younger like like in my 20s looking at body, somebody that's my age now, back in the day, right? they probably wouldn't have hired me because I didn't, I, I was so out of that box. But our time has shifted that like I am in that generation now where I'm the elder uh -huh. <laughs> and the younger kids coming in who are fully body tattooed, it, it wouldn't make any difference. Yes. Because I wouldn't be looking at that as their, as a, uh, uh, as a deterrent from from what they can do because mm -hmm. they looked a certain way hopefully our generations beyond that does that make any well, sense yeah you know we um we interviewed lila last week danielle's daughter um who's 25 and we interviewed her about being a millennial mm. she mentioned to us when we got into it discussion about tattoos that her hiring manager had tattoos and so you know it's obviously it's kind of a non-issue now if your hr person <laughs> yeah. is covered in tattoos it's a non-issue in california and maybe new york i i do think it's an issue somewhere else or did you just mean because in her company that the man that the hiring person is a has tattoos. Yeah, yeah I was thinking that in her in her specific company, which is a tech company, it's software, it's it's California. It's youthful. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, there aren't so many older people. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to tell a story. When I was teaching Nia at a club called uh, Club Sports San Ramon, which is about ten miles south of where Charla lives, and we had a I was a group, right? Teaching Nia, so I was a group exercise teacher. And we had a meeting and they wanted, they had this book of rules. We always had to sign that they said, we can only wear shades of nail polish that are red and pink and you cannot have a tattoo showing. So already, I'm gonna say this is between seven and 10 years ago, a couple of people had tattoos in, you know, in. Danville, San Ramon. So some guy had it on the back of his calf and he was a spin teacher. So he mm -hmm. said he could get a Band-Aid and cover it. Oh, he wow. never did because his class is at five in the morning and there was no one there to bust him. <laughs> but I don't know how many other folks had a tattoo that that was an issue for. I looked around, I didn't see too many. I uh -huh. But I just thought that was so interesting. I'm like, you people have to get a grip. So I always wore green and blue nail polish on purpose. 
I wore it as much as possible and they never said anything. No one even noticed. I'm like, God damn it. Wow. I mean, blue, silver. Yeah. Oh my God. They are crazy. I'm like, what is this? 1950? Honestly. Oh, fuck yourself. Yeah. There you go. Got to put in some more fucks. <laughs> oh, was that your rant du jour? I know. That was the shortest rant on record. Uh, we could we could have a podcast without at least one rant yeah. with the f bomb. Well, I'm wondering how many how many of these these so called rules that are published and or put into books that you know people really don't pay attention to, even though that they're given you're given. <laughs> Typically, I think most of the time those rules, they get there because there's one particular incident that happened that made somebody write the rule, but then that incident never actually happens again, and so the rule just goes ignored because there was really no reason anymore to have it in there. In the first place, yes. I, yeah. I definitely agree with that. Right, and I that's, think that's true. Maybe they updated those manuals to say, um, don't do it, um, that, that let it all go, because someone could say it's discriminatory, mm -hmm. but listen to this. This is like not related to tattoos, but it makes me crazy. The club at the Oakwood, same ownership, but it's in Lafayette, at Christmas time slash holiday time, the teachers cannot use holiday music because <laughs> it offends Jews. The Jewish people are like, that's offensive. And I'm like, well, what if we all said your music's offensive? Like, I don't understand that. I'm not sure. Is that what do you what do you both think? I think that is probably something that they had. I bet they had some complaints. I know they did I have think. some complaints. So I'm saying, is that fair? So then nobody can play one note of any holiday music. Well, you know, I think that Christmas. There's sort of the Christian religious Christmas. Then there's the consumer holiday, festive time of year, winter holiday, and they're kind of they're kind of two separate things. So I, I feel like if you're playing music like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you know that was created I think for some department store. It has little or nothing to do with Christ and Christianity. It is just part of the holiday. I think that's pretty non-religious and probably not too many people would be really um, insulted. Well, Whereas if you played O Come All Ye Faithful, okay, that might be a little bit more offensive. I'm just speculating. Well, I'm, I, on that note, I've, uh, as, a, as a teacher, when it comes to the holidays and stuff, I. I was always one that did not bring in any of that kind of music into my classes because I just didn't want to offend anybody on any different, on any level, mm -hmm. not just for the Jews, but also for the Jewish who don't practice the, you know, the Christian music. I mean, they, they have to tolerate li listening to that, you know, what we played in, in you know, or listened to in uh, growing up Catholic or growing up mm -hmm. Protestant. I don't think that's a place or a time to to do that. I I've always just just didn't bother bringing in that Christmas music at all. Fair and enough. Also, no. And also being bombarded with it, you know, like 
the rest ever, ever since Halloween gets here, you know, you're sick of hearing it, you know, if I hear another bell ringing, I'm going to go slap someone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not so bringing you into class and listening to bell. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's okay. No, I just thought I, no, I bet that's like a place specific thing that other people would be like, yeah, go ahead and play your Christmas music. Like I'm not, I mean, I guess somewhere down inside me, I'm Christian. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't, if I heard Rudolph the Red Nose, I could care less, except that it's annoying, like you just said, because we heard it too many times. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I'm going off the subject again on, I'm kind of going off the subject of tattoos here too, but it's, it's the same thing that's kind of happening in the conscious dance modality. Uh, and, and some people uh, that are coming in are a little offended by seeing I, I, cause I, I mean, I love, I mean, I, I, I love Buddhism and I love, you know, the Buddha and the imagery of it being so tranquil and so peaceful. And, and it's a calming, it's a calming, uh, thing for me and my nervous system to see an altar with the, with the Buddha on it, but it, it offends some people because mm -hmm. they think that we're trying to change a religion. They mm -hmm. think that we're trying to indoctrinate that religion upon them when they came just to dance. And so yes. I, I'm kind of, at first I was kind of like, really? But mm -hmm. then I had to like switch my brain around and going, wait a minute, isn't this the same thing as, you know, um, I have to, it's a different point of view. I never thought about, you know, it, 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 it can offend somebody else, you know, like, what are you trying to do here? That's a really good point. I, you know, cause I think I would think of it as just kind of the way you did. Mm -hmm. it, it, I, I, I don't even think of Buddhism so much as a religion per se, you know, it's not like there's a God in Buddhism, but um, yeah, I mean, you could be a Christian and practice Buddhism simultaneously. Yeah. But yeah, it's, you know, it's hard to always, it's almost impossible to look at things from other people's point of view unless they tell you, right? Right. And you can't so assume. It's like, okay, so now I'm looking at when I creating altar, maybe not bringing so much of that aspect into the room, but keeping it more organic and keeping mm -hmm. it more nature based. You know, right. what what like with the with the four elements and, and stuff like mm -hmm. that, where it's it's a little bit more grounding in that aspect instead of in a religious aspect or yes. So and I would just argue that your intention is excellent and somehow some way you could probably fend someone else that would be like i hate your grass i don't do you know what i mean like i, I yes i know like you're right or if you said oh well i'm gonna use you know uh native american sweetgrass cedar uh, and something else and then they're gonna be like oh you appropriated you know oh whereas yes i just yeah. went to and i just went to a native american community and they gave me sweetgrass tobacco da, 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 to put in my pouch that they gave me so i was like really i can't use this if you gave it to me i think I <laughs> it's hard i i know i it's i mean yeah where are we going i mean are we are we too mental are we too yeah overthinking I, overthinking mm -hmm. it yeah and being a little sensitive but you know it's really easy to say other people are too sensitive right um when you are sort of in the mainstream, you know, and, and it's like, 
I think it's 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 good to realize not everybody has the same experiences and that they're gonna look at things differently and I think, unfortunately, when people have different points of view, sometimes it's very accusatory and judgmental instead of, hmm, well, let me tell you how I react when I see these things. Right. You know, if this makes me feel uncomfortable for these reasons. But I think we're just too quick to judge and assume, like, that people had bad um, motivations mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or that people are being insensitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, people might be insensitive. They might think you're insensitive because you chose certain images to put on your body for your tattoos. Exactly. Absolutely. And they might see them and go, gee, I'm, I'm really, you know, I can't believe that you chose that. That's, that's inappropriate or it offends me. Mm -hmm. This reminds me, this all goes back to um, Maplethorpe. Was his name Robert? Yes. The artist who painted the nudes in the late 80s. So everybody was freaking out because those were on display at museums or galleries. And the art critic for the Chronicle wrote an article and said, I'm offended by macrame. When I go to someone's house and there's a macrame pot, I think it's God awful. It's ungodly. It's a whole article slamming macrame. And it was just the funniest thing. And they're like, and you know what? If you don't like Maplethorpe, don't go to the gallery. Don't go to the museum. <laughs> if Randy walks by, this is just an example, Randy, because you, sure. you, your, your tattoos are perfect, and you see something on his arm that really, you know, offends you, don't look. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Honest to God. Like, the, the stuff, you know, that, yeah, it's just too much, our, our political correctness, and mm -hmm. shoot, we make mistakes all the time. I say stupid stuff. I don't mean to, but, you know, stuff comes out of my mouth, and then I'm like, what? What did I just say? Or, um, or a, an action, you know, an action that I make or something, so just doing our best. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the best, too. I mean, as, you know, I'm still getting used to the whole new uh, gender language yes. and them they and whatever it's like I, I i have to listen to the younger generation to figure out what it is and what it means mm -hmm. and then formulate it into my own brain like because i still don't quite get it even mm -hmm. being you know a gay man it's just it's just so different the world's just so different i get where they're coming from i just don't quite understand the the labeling because it's still mm -hmm. labels and, yeah. and I get them wrong all the time, you know. <laughs> I do. I just, right. <laughs> just correct me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's nice when they're patient with us. We yes. say, we're old. Can you just we're old? We're trying. <laughs> I know, we're trying. I know exactly, Coach Charlotte. Yes. I'm from a different generation and I don't quite understand what's happening. And and and, and it's coming into the 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 dance rooms now too. And 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 I don't want to exclude that. So mm. I'm having to learn a new language of, of acceptance, of allowing, and also to bring them into the fold. Because I'm, I mean, I'm from the old school. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm not hip. <laughs> it does make you feel a little bit old. You yeah, know, yeah. You, there's a generational shift happening, for sure. For sure. <laughs> And tattoos are the least of it. 
Yeah, tattoos yeah. and piercings, but they're like, no, like Randy, they're a gateway. Yes. Yes. Gateway, <laughs> <laughs> gateway drug. Sorry. So, so you too, I gotta tell you something. We are fully onto um, 50 or more minutes of our discussion. Well, so um, we should probably wrap it up and I'll tell you something, I'm sure we could have a call with Randy again and find something else to talk about. Oh yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. it's true. We can call you back and you can tell us about how Florida's going. Oh, okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure, Randy. Great to see you on our video conferencing call. You look great. Florida definitely agrees with you. Yeah, Randy, you haven't aged a minute. Oh, really? Well, thank you, Danielle. I mean, you look amazing. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, we so wish we could both. share. Oh, maybe we can put a picture of you on our Facebook page. Because we do have a Facebook page that goes with our podcast. Awesome. Yeah, I have to look for it and look it up. I will send it to okay. you. All right. So well, lovely to be with you both. Yeah, yeah. Mwah. yeah. Miss you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. You can get more information about it on facebook.com backslash Sharla Danielle podcast.